0: You are listening to Salty Believer Unscripted. This is Salty Believer Unscripted. I'm Josiah Walker. I'm
1: Brian Katherman.
0: And today we're continuing on our series through the different landmines in systematic theology. We're learning that we're not tiptoeing through there or stepping on them because they will just explode, right? Yep. (laughs) We mentioned that previously on an episode. It's going to
1: ruin every movie you've ever watched. (laughs) You don't step on a landmine and then go, oh, I stepped on a landmine. But hopefully
0: (laughs) we're sorting them out before we even have to face them. So today we're going to talk about Christ. Jesus Christ, the Atonement, and the Resurrection. We're oh going to lump those three things together now, and see if we can not get into some trouble.
1: Josiah, I think we need to make sure we clarify that the landmines we're talking about are not... I mean, I think last episode we got into a lot of landmines with the lost world. Sure. And I think the bulk of what we're looking at are the landmines and theology inside sure. of... Yep. Orthodox church, Christianity. Of, okay. I mean, maybe maybe we could venture a little bit outside of Orthodox Christianity, but I mean, if we were going to talk about the landmines sure. of who is Jesus, and we're going to sure. bring in the lost, unbelieving world... All sorts of stuff. Good grief. We don't right. have enough time in any podcasting. I mean, that's just a sure. truckload. Well,
0: what were some landmines that maybe the early church fathers dealt with, you know, at the Council of Nicaea well, and different okay. like that? Well, okay, so
1: to the inside the church, I think they dealt with, like, uh, if he was fully God and fully human... Okay. Or was yeah. he just a shell that God then indwelled? Or was right. he? Uh, I mean, you know, all the different views, and they dealt with a lot sure. of of understanding there. If there was a time when he wasn't, if he didn't right. exist, right? Right. So that Did that he, was yeah. was he born or was he created? Or uh, the question is, is: was there ever a time when Jesus was not? Right. Could you ever look back and say, oh, there was no Jesus? Which that actually really helps to these things that they dealt with within Christianity a long time ago became the the defining points right. of Christianity. Yeah. If you say Jesus, there was a time when Jesus didn't exist, you cannot lump yourself within the definition of Christianity. They right. dealt with that in the councils. The early church fathers yeah. dealt with that. So Mormonism, who would say Jesus was the the first created being, not just in an earthly ministry, like when we say Jesus was born, we're saying his humanity. Right. But there was a time when there wasn't Jesus in Mormonism, so therefore that puts them on the outside of that. So right. people listening right now are... Saying I just stepped on a landmine, right? <laughs> sure. But that's that's the landmines they dealt with. Um, yeah. I remember somebody once telling me uh, a sweet, dear Pakistani lady told me that when she was raised within her Christian beliefs, Jesus was just a spirit who didn't actually have a body. Right. I'm like, well, that's outside of the biblical teaching, certainly. But she said, but the, when he's like riding on a small donkey, that just proves that he was just a spirit floating over the donkey. I'm like, nah, no. But right. that was within Pakistani Christian sure. orthodoxy, and and I say orthodox in this term, but maybe fringe right. belief. I don't know. But th- so that's stuff that's been dealt with in the past and.
0: Well, that's a good point of kind of limiting it to Christianity because it can be hard because then you start dealing with, well, was Jesus just another prophet like Muhammad and kind of stuff when you start pulling in the last world? And, you know, this is probably a topic for another podcast, but this is why I find creeds and confessions of the early church so important because they really kind of expand on these topics and kind of help. They Give us help, some guidelines. Say, And here's what people think.
1: Oh, the creed says what we believe. No, the creed articulates the line that they believe the Bible articulates. Right. So it just is a helpful guide to say, here's how we understand the teaching of the Bible, and we're going to put it in a concise statement that draws a line. So if you right. hold out beliefs outside the statement, you're now outside these, right. these things. You've just stepped on a landmine and been blown out of the camp, right? Like, I think that's the so, idea.
0: So if we're sticking with Christianity and stuff, let's talk about things like the, a second commandment violation, right? That says, well, you can't have any graven images of, of Jesus Christ, right? Oh, so I can't no, have a oh, drawing says, of him. That says no
1: graven images of God, right? Of
0: God, right. So if Jesus is God, then I can't have pictures of Jesus in my little storybook Bibles and, you know.
1: That's a tricky, Uh, that's a really tricky. I can't have a plastic
0: Jesus on my dashboard.
1: Right. Well, so here's what's weird though. You can't have any images of Jesus. Right. But Jesus actually is imaged in the world by having a body and entering into the world. So did the Trinity violate their (laughs) own rule by giving Jesus an actual appearance and a look? I'm not trying to be facetious Uh, here. I'm just saying there is a physical, tangible, uh, historical Jesus. If someone had painted human Jesus. Right. Would they be in violation of having a graven image?
0: Well, I think we were created in the image of God. Here's my question.
1: And again, landmine, big landmine, especially within like those who hold to the Westminster Confession of sure. Faith, because that's part of it. And probably the London Baptist Confession. There's some issues here we have to think about, but if you had a photograph, which we didn't have back then, of Jesus, would having the photograph be a problem? I would say no. Uh, we have tile pictures of him. We have things that represented Christ in one way or another. Now, we didn't have cameras, but if someone had painted something or someone had a memory in their mind, the key is, are they worshiping the
0: photograph? Right. That's what I think we forget. We get so legalistic about it. You know, we yeah we miss the whole point Don't of that commandment in the first place. have raven part, right? images
1: before me that become... So, so I don't think it's saying don't have an image of God. Right. It's saying have nothing that you worship. Now, the reason that became a big deal is because within Christianity, they were making statues, yes. religious statues, right. statues of Mary, sort of like Buddha, right? And then you had right. to put fruit baskets. They probably didn't do that, but you do that with Buddha. Kissing the thing or even a Bible. Oh, the Bible's so holy. We have to touch yeah. it in a special way, kiss right. it in a special way. Now you have tangible idols, right. images that are supposed to represent things that that are idolatrous. Yeah. Right? Oh, it's the original 1611 Bible that was a martyr that we found right. and such as... Oh, let's put it behind glass. Let's ooh right. and ah and ooh. Right. Now we have a problem. Exactly. Right? Now we have a big problem. So to say, oh, if you have a painting of Jesus, I think it's the heart issue that we're looking for. So if there's a picture, in my opinion, now landmine, we're talking landmine country here. Yep. I've talked to many people. This is a landmine yep. for them. But if we have a picture in a Jesus storybook Bible that might shape our, our child's understanding yep. of this character represents Jesus... Um, I have a picture of Jesus in my mind. Sure, I can't escape that,
0: right? You know, and it may or may not be accurate, right? Oh, it's like,
1: definitely <laughs> not going to be accurate. I'm just going <laughs> to say, like, I can't. If not, I don't have an right. infallible picture
0: of Jesus in my mind. I know, I know it's not accurate because a lot of times when they post pictures of what Jesus probably looked like based on just where he lived and the am like that doesn't look right, you know. But right, uh, but
1: so anyway, uh yeah, that's a landmine Well, machine. luckily I don't big... have a
0: picture of Luke Skywalker on my wall, so I think I'm good uh, There's there, no picture but... of
1: Luke Skywalker here on my wall. But I, <laughs> but again, though, that's the same sort of thing, this right. heavy worship of sure. of these sorts
0: of things. And, but to your point, we end up worshiping other things, right? Like our, the copies of the Bible, different things like that.
1: Now, that being said, should we be super overexcited about portraying Jesus in different ways? Maybe not, because it always gets weird. It always fails. It always falls short. Sure. Right. Every movie, TV show, every artistic rendering, every attempt yeah. to try to really capture that is going to fall short. Right. Right. So we have to be totally okay. Which with is
0: that. hard because then you you say if you make a show about him, do you stick to just what he said in the Bible? Do you try to add to it? You know, well, we, even that is hard. Right. There's a show called Matthew,
1: which I like. Yeah. Right. Where it just has the scriptures and they put the scripture reference. I right. think they use the NIV eighty four of the of the day, but. There's a little scripture reference, and even when Matthew speaks, like, there's no words spoken yeah. that aren't the the, the spoken Bible, right. and it tells a story. It's really artistically done. Pretty, I mean, okay, we have a narrator, then we have this, but even then, you still have to make decisions.
0: Right. That the. Well, first of all, they made a decision to put it in English, not Greek or Aramaic, right? Right. So.
1: Well, second of all, even casting makes decisions. Sure. How, the characters say things, make decisions. Uh. You go to John chapter three. Where did Jesus stop speaking, and when did John start speaking? Is what? John three sixteen Jesus' words or John's words? Oh, it's red letter in my Bible. Yeah, but it might not be Jesus' words. It's hard. Right. So, so decisions are still having to be made. What did this look like in our mind, or what did that look like? And so you end up with this deal where like um, where the passion, right? And uh, what's his name made that? Uh,
0: Mel Gibson. Mel
1: Gibson makes it, and he's making decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then the Pope comes along and goes, yep, that's how it was. Like, yeah. I don't know about that, right? So so when we do those sorts of things, we're trying to project Christ, we're making decisions. Is he funny? Is he stoic? Right. Is he stern? When he flipped right. the tables over, was it like a little So You're making decisions that aren't
0: And you have to kind of determine out. that on your own, right? Because that's hard, because... We talked about how Jesus is 100% God and 100% man on a previous episode. So did he have a sense of humor? You know, Did he joke around with these guys that were together for three years? Well, I can you tell know? you this.
1: Whatever his sense of humor was, if he had one, and I think he did, I think he was happy. Right? I mean, he's happy. Right. He has hope, right? right. I, I believe he had joy in him, and I bet it came out and it was very infectious and people wanted to be around it. I believe that. But whatever it was, it was not sinful humor.
0: Sure. Right? right, so he wasn't... Maybe not sarcastic. He's not,
1: yeah. Usually sarcasm has some aspect of some...
0: He didn't tell your mom jokes? No. no.
1: Oh. <laughs> you know, you're so fat that... But, you know, <laughs> yep. I don't think he ever made jokes that were disparaging. I think that if there was a playfulness in him, which I, have, I do believe that there sure. probably was in the appropriate times, yeah. that it wouldn't have been sinfully playful, yeah. sexually playful. There wasn't sexual innuendo. Right. There wasn't your mama jokes there
0: wasn't nothing crass no
1: I, because so, we have commands about right. crude joking
0: so there's got to be some balance right like we don't want to be so flippant uh, with jesus and and take away the seriousness that was there of who he was but we have to understand too that you know children loved him right
1: that has so, to make you think he pr- did, I did,
0: did he hide their nose no I was going to say did he act <laughs> like he took his finger off
1: did he pull a quarter from behind their ear Yeah. I mean he pulled a he pulled a coin out of Peter's he told Peter to go pull a coin out of the fish mouth sure, so he's sure. his magic would have been yeah off, I mean off but whatever he's doing I, so. I saw it in, I think it was in that Matthew movie when he's he's kind of speaking the way they portrayed him he's talking about a speck in your eye Yeah. you know don't don't try to take some a speck out of somebody else's eye when there's a plank in your eye. But he yeah. grabbed somebody's walking stick and he held it up kind of over his eye. He sure. had this big long, this big long walking stick, yeah. and he's like trying to act like he's going to help you. And the walking stick is right. out there, like that's funny. Right, like, that really makes a right. point. It drives it home. And so. At one point in that same movie, again, I'm not trying to score the movie, but often we portray him as a stoic, staunchy guy. But this guy gets up to walk for the first time. He's all excited. He's walking. He's never walked before. Right. And you can see Jesus in the character actor is portraying that Jesus is having this just tremendous joy, entering into the kind of the joy of the other sure. person. They're having a moment together where they're right. celebrating that this lame man of so many years is walking. And you go, sure. you. would I would have to imagine in my mind Jesus would have that kind of character, sure. but we don't
0: think like that, do we? No, we don't. We think really serious. Yeah.
1: Daunchy, horrible like, guy.
0: Yeah. Bring Which the hammer down on people. So. A
1: lot of his a lot of his parables have a, of some sense of humor and right. flipping the script around in different sure. ways and and so landmines here. Right. Because even people listening to this are like, Oh, either one, you shouldn't even portray him in books right. and movies or two. Well, I can't imagine him being funny, or I can't imagine him not being funny, or right. I can't... Yeah. Right? These are landmines Absolutely. about who is Christ, probably the ones that play out quite a bit in our day today. Yeah. Like, who is this guy? Uh, it, within Christianity. Right. You know? I mean, I think Absolutely. that makes it pretty... That makes it tough. And if there's
0: right? no <laughs> landmines there, there certainly is the, in the atonement, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, outside of Christianity and inside Christianity. Well,
1: a while back, uh, it was I think it was John Piper... And he ended up having to step down. Somebody else said, but John Piper and N.T. Wright had a book debate about oh, yeah. justification and yeah. what the cross does and what is fully atoned for and what is not. And how does this pay for punishment? I had an email some time ago about somebody saying, how is how is Jesus not being continually punished? How is that punishment oh, yeah. not
0: permanent? That's a good question. Because um, p- we would be eternally punished for our sins. So wouldn't Christ, right?
1: Yeah. So there's lots of these sort of questions of what was the atonement when did the atonement happen in sure. our community I mean we're in, we're in yeah.
0: Utah right so in
1: our community uh, the LDS would hold that the atonement happened in the garden right. not on the cross which didn't include death so I struggle with that one personally and that's outside of Christianity in my view uh, but these things come into play yeah. here what really happened I mean right. did did God still live but only Jesus died in his humanity Or did he not actually, like, was he removed from the situation? Or did he have to die? Yes. I mean, these are all the discussions and the debates and how this all plays out,
0: right? Well, and then, you know, as we start to head into more topics that are maybe considered Reformed in their theology, you know, I've had friends who say, hey, you know, I'm pretty Reformed in my theology, but I don't believe in limited atonement. Oh, right. Okay. So,
1: all right. So that's a biggie. Uh, Joe, (laughs) do you believe the atonement is limited?
0: A hundred percent. Okay, how so? <laughs> I think everyone believes the atonement is limited. It's either limited in its effect, or it's limited in its extent. So yeah. either it covers everybody part of the way, or it covers a certain amount of people a hundred percent of the way. All the way, you know. And so I had yeah. to tell that guy, "Well, of course you do. We all we all, all believe." Do in you believe in a t- limited t- atonement? Yes, everybody whether you're believes. Reformed it. or not, it's limited so, somewhere. And right. so
1: let's just say that again: it's limited in its effect, right? Or it's limited in its extent. Correct. Right, so how yeah. far it reaches right. or what it actually fully accomplishes. Right. So it reaches yeah. 100% of everybody. Right,
0: and then you have some. to, like, half the way to everybody. Or it reaches 100% s- of the way. For some people. Right. yeah. So there so. is some aspect of it being limited. Yeah, I saw a documentary. That oh, man, that's about that a really hot good. topic. But it is a hot topic. And then the Catholics, right, would say that there's so much that there's just extra there's up there, extra right? extra To just merit, go around, uh, married yeah. atonement. And so... So that, that the, can be
1: goes and then saints have all the extra and, and I think
0: it's something we don't necessarily talk about a lot. I don't have a lot of day-to-day conversations about the atonement. No, about.
1: but I talk to people who say, Oh yeah, I'm a four point Calvinist <laughs> and the, it's the limited atonement. Right. And I was that way for a long time sure. until I started getting my head around some of those pieces like you're talking about. Like right. wait a second. Dude. So landmines, right? That's yeah. that's where the debate is. That's and so we, we've been talking about these as landmines. That doesn't necessarily mean because there's debate there the whole thing should be totally avoided. Correct. You should just recognize this is where the landmine is, where everything blows up, but if you study it and look into it, kind of walk into it, recognizing there is debate. Some of these things have healthy debate and it can go either way. Yeah. Some of these things have pretty unhealthy debate and should be just, like, just... <laughs> right. Don't even mess with it, right? right. It's
0: just. It's, we don't need to argue about whether Christ is the only way to heaven because the Bible clearly says that. Right. 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 But we can have some constructive conversations about limited atonement.
1: But Christians do argue that Christ is the only way. I like, know. So this is where those doctrines and knowing yeah. the Bible help us to avoid. Right. This is why system theology oh, kind of is so important. Yeah. Like, how does this all fit together? How does this go? So before Man, time
0: runs out, because we kind of got three topics on this one, let's talk What's about the it? resurrection. Oh, the resurrection. Or, I mean. A lot of landmines center around the resurrection of Christ.
1: Uh, so I'm just going to say this. Uh, we need to put this on the table. Within Christianity, if you do not believe that Jesus was raised, and there's a lot of people that hold to positions like that, you are outside of Christianity, okay? Because I'm, I'm just going to say if we go to Romans 10, uh, this is the message, right? This is the message they were preaching uh, verse Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and it's not an optional, it's not an or, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So there are Christians who say, well, this is good teaching, people who profess to be Christians, mm-hmm. but they're unsaved Christians, saying they're unsaved People that think sure. they're Christians, right? Yeah. Saying, "Oh, well, I believe that Jesus was teaching well, but he didn't actually raise from the dead." There's another, there's another explanation for that. That is the absolute crux of Christianity. He is Lord because he was raised from the dead. Uh, he is Lord because of this, right? That's kind
0: of fascinating to me. I didn't know there were people that held that viewpoint outside the Jews because I thought Scripture talked about him coming and walking with his disciples for forty well, days or something. They,
1: so. it's, it's you know, good lessons. And it's this, oh, it's that same sort of issue that's, right. that's come into the church from outsiders. Like Jude has yeah. these people who've come in that aren't actually Christians. Right. And that's where the whole gender stuff is coming from. Right. And the whole... So you have these people that go, yeah, I just... I'm good with a lot of Christianity, but just not that part or whatever. And that's not within Christianity.
0: Which, once again, this is why we're talking about the landmines of of systematic theology, because it is so important. Because that's how you get into a position where people say, ah, you know, we've really outgrown the Bible. Right. It it was a good book, some good moral stories. It's kind of like a guideline. but It's helpful this way, but not that way. You You know, throw this out, take this, leave that, whatever. So that's why this is important. said it
1: was the power of salvation. (laughs) (laughs) So hopefully as
0: you're listening to this, you see, hey, I need to study. I need to have an opinion about some of this stuff. I know, you know, obviously I'm in full-time ministry, but one of the biggest things you did for me is as I was kind of looking at whether God was calling me to ministry, was you had me write a statement of beliefs. (laughs) So
1: I'm going to have my son. My son's 14. He's starting to say, hey, I really want to be a pastor. Yeah. And I really want to start learning. So this next year... He's going to go through a bunch of systematic theology. Our interns are going to go through some systematic. We have some youth internship yep. coming up this summer. Yeah, yeah. They're going to go through some theology kind of at a teen level, which I'm really excited about. But I actually have decided I'm going to have him start to really put this to paper. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you start to help go, okay, now I now I know where I'm at. So when I do walk into a minefield, right. and I am talking with a bunch of other Christians from other circles, and they say, oh, you can't do this, or you shouldn't do that, or you go, well, i know where i'm at here because i've actually studied it up i'm not just gonna go oh i never heard this before and that's that's the hardest part about the landmines right yeah you you come up in your own faith tradition sure you don't think about it any other way and then someone presents it and you go wait what
0: that's a thing that's a what (laughs) and then you go and they
1: they throw a bunch of scripture involved and this is why we believe it and you go hold on a second
0: i mean i'm studying about covenantalism and dispensationalism right now that's (laughs) a thing i didn't know was a thing and so, yeah, hopefully it's as funny. you <laughs> so go I'm ahead, get a
1: derail. it's funny <laughs> no. you say that's a thing I didn't know is a thing I'm teaching a class and I'm going through the class and, and I just said, okay, here's, here's a few different ways to see the continuity of the right. Bible and how this speaks to this. And then this speaks to this. And, and some people hold a more, you know, a discontinuity view. And I'm just explaining it, right? Like, okay, if it's this and that, if it's this is that, and one of the, one of the people come up afterwards and he says, wait. How is that even, how does a person even see it that sure. way? And I'm like, there's yeah. a whole group of people that see it that <laughs> way. It's not just one person. There's lots of there's people. There's a whole Christian view. And yes, yeah. I don't find it compelling. Right. And obviously, you don't find it compelling. Right. But some people do. And and here's how we need to think about it and talk about it. And there's a much bigger view. It was like the first he'd ever even, right. he was like, how's that even? That what? <laughs> yeah, you just stepped yeah. on a landmine, bro. Like, so, you just walked right into this yeah. this minefield. And now he's like, oh, I need to. What book? Oh, my goodness, and so right. I pointed him to a book, you know. Sure. And, but I think that's why we're talking about it. Absolutely, yeah. So I, at least aware of what's coming.
0: I, and I say all that to say, like, I, I think it would be good for every believer to either write out their statement of beliefs or or, or at least find creeds and confessions and statements that they can say, yep, this is what I believe. Which, yeah, study the creed and
1: confession. Yeah. Don't just go, oh, I, well, I'm... This is my church, yeah. so this is what i no study it and say, okay, do I see that? Yeah, you know, go through a systematic theology book or go Absolutely. through some of this stuff and say, how do I understand this? And be prepared for things to radically change. I remember doing that and went, wait a minute, right. wait a second. I just found out my church holds to this. I studied it a whole bunch. I don't. I mean, I had I did move from one church in, in a different denomination yeah. because it was a topic that I didn't realize was unpacked the way it was unpacked and I'm like, "Well, I don't know about that. It's kind of over there." Sure. And then when I really studied, they're like, "No, that's a big deal." Yeah. And and worked with the pastor a lot right. on it and couldn't come around to that same conviction and then thought it was best based on that to go elsewhere. I sure actually had was. his blessing to do yeah. so. Not, you know, we stayed friends after that <laughs> right. because of con- biblical conviction that the w- I just was on the other side of a view. Yeah. Right. It's good to study that. And sometimes
0: things. you think something is a small Concept, but then when she studied, you realized no, this is a major. No, that's what happened issue. to me. Is I thought it so, was a really
1: small part. Like yeah. oh, that's just a side yeah. thing. And then, lo and behold, no, it's actually a right. foundational thing. All ministers must hold to this and do this. Right. And blah. I'm like, whoa, hold the phone here. If that's the case, then that's what's. Then yeah, I'm in the
0: wrong spot, and that's okay. Well, anyways, we could talk about this kind of stuff till Christ comes back. That is, if you believe He's been resurrected. So I hope our <laughs> listeners believe that. Hopefully, you've got that locked in. But those are just some landmines uh, when it comes to the theology of Christ, His atonement, and His resurrection. So, until next time. Thank you for listening. Find more information at saltybeliever.com.